Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And this is my big loud water bottle. I am. <laughs> you started us off with a big old slurp there. I don't know why it I don't know why it does a Oh, no. Don't oh, do that. Why does it make that noise after I, t- I just take a sippy? I don't know. Uh, there's something wrong with the suction in there. You guys, I don't, I don't no, know. I'll do that. It's my emotional support water bottle. This is uh-huh. anti-ASMR now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make the worst <laughs> sounds possible. <laughs> hey, Riley. If you're gonna spew, <laughs> spew in this. And then I needed to hand you a little paper cup, but I don't have one. <laughs> I was just prepared. Uh-huh. Okay. It doesn't work as well, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have an empty Diet Dr. Pepper can here. I don't want that. That'd be a trick. That'd be a trick. <laughs> <laughs> we have a no spew guarantee um, for this uh, podcast. Yes. yes. Slurping, spewing, just good stuff. Good stuff so far, y'all. Yeah. Great. We're doing great. All the sounds. <laughs> All the, all the sounds you can possibly make on a podcast. Um, uh, Riley just needs some French fries from Taco Bell. I just want nacho fries fine. from Taco Bell and I'll be great. That's all I want right now. That's mm-hmm. all I've been thinking about since I woke up at 8.30 this morning. R- Riley had a big fancy party last night. Yes. It was. It, I should clarify. It was a nerd party. So it's not like it was a wild rager. It was the annual symposium we have for our scholarship event. That's just like all the people in the scholarship program and alums and professors and faculty members. Um, that we have a big fancy dinner. It mm-hmm. was that kind of event. It's not a rager. But no. I'm in the graduating class, so it was like our symposium. Because it's like planned by the seniors. And it's about us. So it was our symposium. And I hung out with the other seven people in my class afterwards. And we just were all reminiscing on the good times and the memories. And then while we continued to have some bivrages. <laughs> bivrages. 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 <laughs> this is a new one for me. Yeah. Bivrages. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, uh, it was a, it was a, uh, I mean, sort of. It was as fancy as events get here. In Huntington. In Huntington. Yeah. We Uh, were like, where's the fanciest place we can pick? Ah, the country club. (laughs) Right there on a golf course. Yep. Literally right in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's as fancy as we get. Yeah. Here. There were, there was like chicken and ham. So. (laughs) This is. And meatballs. This is West Virginia fancy. (laughs) You can have chicken, ham, or meatballs. Oh, wow. (laughs) Your kids loved it. The, there was a pasta bar, so my children were, yes. And there were two different kinds of spirally noodles, and they mm-hmm. let the little kids go up to get their food first, and Charlie wanted me to go with her to get her food, and she could only kind of see up to the buffet table, and I was like, all right, Charlie, there's two shapes of noodles, but they both look the same, like they're both plain, mm-hmm. so which one you want? And she said, which one's spirally? And I said, well, I hate to break it to you, they both are. Because one was like the actual like rotini, mm-hmm. like the like little grew looking like spiral but yeah. one was like a big what's the one that's like a double macaroni like if you took two I know macaronis and like kind of made a swirl out of them <laughs> i know what you mean <laughs> this is good is that content. rigatoni no, no that's just a tube <laughs> i have no idea i know what you mean it's like a big macaroni it's like a big back it was just both of those and they both were spirally and she said well give them both to me of course yeah. so i did but she only ate one shape they both were buttered noodles, but she said, I only like this kind. 
And I said, you don't like the other shape of plain butter noodles? And she said, I would eat them if they were the last noodles on earth. (laughs) (laughs) She said, if it was just me and these noodles, I'd eat them. (laughs) It was just me and these noodles. Did you also see their reaction? Both of my children, when they saw that the pats of butter were shaped shaped like roses. (laughs) They were like, look, mom, the, the butter's a rose. Charlie was just standing there pointing, going, what is that? What is that? What is that? And I hadn't got down there yet. I was still putting stuff on her plate. I was like, hold on, hold on. I looked. I was like, oh, that's butter. And she said, but it looks like a flower. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they do that sometimes. And she said, put it on my roll. And I said, well, you don't want me to spread it out, right? And she said, no, just put it on top. That's what she she was just carrying the roll around with a little pad of butter on top going, look at this, look at this. <laughs> the, the pinnacle of fancy for small children, this event was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two kinds of noodles and the butter was shaped like flowers. Yeah. That, they're going to be talking about that for a week. She said that this morning. She was like, I'm going to tell everybody at school about symposium. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you go for it. And Cooper, I'm pretty sure, conned me into giving her double desserts. Because she had a, they had like tiny little brownies and they had some cookies. And I saw her with both of them and I saw her eating them. But then she said she lost them. <laughs> and I was like, I think by, and I mean, she told mom. Mom was like, oh, you need more. And I think by lost of them, course. she meant I ate them. Yes. But she wanted more. So oh. mom was like, well, baby sis will take you to go get more desserts. So of course I took her up there. I was like, okay, I guess. And she, I said, you want a brownie or a cookie? And she said, before I had a brownie and a cookie. And I said, did you lose both of them? She said, I lost both of them. I said, okay, here's another brownie and a cookie. Now, now Riley, you're the one that's going to be the lawyer. I think that there's some wiggle room in her using the word lost there. I, I don't think I, she was wrong. They, they you're right. Go a place they, where she can't retrieve them. They are lost now, <laughs> forever. Now, I will say, though, the thing with Cooper is she may have eaten them and was trying to trick you into giving her more. Or they may be under that table right now. <laughs> That's true. I mean that, you, or in someone's purse, or they yeah. might be in my purse. <laughs> because she does do that. Like she'll put yeah. things places, and she was under the table a lot. She goes under the table a lot, so that's fine. That was good. You can take us out in public. Yeah, you can take us places. To oh. be fair, that's the first time she's been to like a thing with people like in her whole life. I mean, in her memory. In her memory. I mean, because the last time she would have done anything like that was pre-pandemic. I miss being small enough that it was socially acceptable to just crawl under the table when you're bored with the... (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just kidding. I don't know. I feel like that usually when I go out to dinner. It's like, okay, I'm done here. I've I've eaten my food (laughs) and now we're just supposed to talk and I don't want to do that. Can I just crawl under the table and wait it out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying that as a grown-up excuse me everyone then you just crawl under the table and everybody's waiting for you to come back out thinking like you dropped something or whatever and they're like nope i'm just are, taking some are you, time are you okay just got my switch mm-hmm. down here yep. it's good do you need anything nope are you I, sick Mm-mm. the <laughs> best part is that cooper's so tiny sitting at a regular sized table half the time i don't even notice she's gone under the table like you don't see her like kind of slide herself under there because i mean we're adults i we'd have to like contort our bodies to go under the table she can just kind of like lean back and slide and there she goes and i'll just look around like oh wait cooper's gone and there's no all the adults are here where is cooper it's like oh don't worry she's under the table she's right here they're so different because cooper's like She's doing weird stuff. She's hiding under the table. She's like, she'll pop up between like me and Justin, like just her head and be like, ah, and <laughs> yeah. under the table. 
And meanwhile, Charlie is like, can I go around the room and introduce myself to everyone? (laughs) Can I go talk to those people? Who are they? I'd like to go say hi. (laughs) Like, We were getting all the different kinds of noodles and one of my classmates was there and they all know of Charlie and Cooper, of course, but they hadn't seen them in a very long time since our freshman symposium three Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, And we were getting food and he said, hey, Charlie, it's good to see you. And he remembered her. There's no way she remembered him. And she went, hey, it's good to see you, too. I'm Charlie McElroy. I'm Charlie Gale McElroy. And he said, I know. And he named himself. He was like, and she said, it's nice to meet you. I was like, Charlie, you're more sociable than I am. I don't talk to people like that. She asked. She said, can I just walk around the room and talk to people? And I'm like, well, not by yourself. (laughs) You're seven. (laughs) You're seven. Can you see? Like, there's just this... They Very were the only small children, too. seven-year-old wandering around the room saying, hi, how are you? Yeah. My name's Charlie Gill McElroy. What are, you, are you enjoying dinner? She recognized <laughs> it as a networking event, I think. Yeah, that's what she was trying. She's going, have you tried the butter? <laughs> it's shaped like a rose. It's shaped like a rose. Have you noticed? <laughs> I'd recommend that noodle. <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> that one's better. Uh, anyway. Anyways. <laughs> um, Speak... Uh, transition us Taylor I got I got nothing Uh, um, I this week I I wanted to talk about one of my favorite anime psychological thriller movies uh, Perfect Blue yes yeah it's released in 99 uh, directed by uh, Satoshi Khan who's directed a ton of amazing uh, animated movies Um, uh, has influenced so many like like mainstream American successes have been influenced by maybe outright just lifted scenes from his work including perfect blue uh it's a huge influence on black swan which i think you can see after having watched the Mm -hmm. movie uh it's like a direct scene that's copied in requiem for a dream from perfect blue so very impactful Mm. director and film yeah that was um that that was it's interesting because I had no I knew nothing about this movie going in had never heard of it no familiarity didn't know the plot ahead of time just watched it um, and that was one of the first thoughts I had is oh this is sort of like Black Swan mm. um, and so I was surprised after I watched it when I was reading like oh, okay that's <laughs> co- that comparison has been drawn a lot and the I guess the director of Black Swan denies it. No, no. Uh, he he has met with. Uh, oh, the okay. Of I Blue. I didn't know. Yeah, it's. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought that was controversial. Like it's kind of a. It's you know not really a, a remake. It's it's got elements that inspired him, but you know I think. I think if these were co- these were movies that were both the same level of famous in the same country, that would be a bit more controversial. I think that it's kind mm-hmm. of a. Here's really creative stuff, but it's it's far, far enough removed from America that I can just lift from it directly and say, oh, it was an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Justin uh, actually was the one that pointed that out um, and showed us a little clip that was like the scene from Black Swan right above, like playing above the one from Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy how like exact it was. Yeah. There, there are multiple scenes that look the same. Yeah. <laughs> Very inspirational, clearly. Yeah, which I don't know how I didn't get until one of you all pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait. That just didn't cross my mind. Although, to be fair, I, the only time I've seen Black Swan was many, many years ago mm-hmm. when I was too young to be watching it and it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Um, so, 
Well, and this- yeah, that was we had to we had to rush Cooper out of the room pretty quickly when I was watching this movie. <laughs> she said, I, "What? I'm scared." And you said, "What scared you?" <laughs> I didn't know what I was watching. I absolutely. I realized you. I did not. I I moved. I she she was she's fine. She was not damaged. No, but she I, was fine. But I. <laughs> There is a- I mean, you know, early in the movie, you've just got like, you know, pop stars singing and dancing on stage in pretty dresses. So like, you know, well, that's how all horror movies start. They all start <laughs> with something like happy and good. It's like, well, if we could just stay here for the rest of the movie, that'd be nice. But then we wouldn't be watching a horror movie. And there are people fighting and there's blooding and she loves fighting and blooding. She loves blooding. There's a lot of blooding in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, uh, that's towards the end. We'll get to it later. It was yeah. a blooding moment that I thought was particularly... <laughs> bloody, bloody, bloody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, she she did not see any of that. Okay. She saw the very beginning, and then I realized like this is not. Yeah, it's hard. I I mean, I really think it's it's hard for uh, kids like Charlie and Cooper do not understand if I am watching something animated. I think they assume it's for kids. I think it's just such a it's such a difference mm-hmm. culturally. Like they they're not used to seeing me watch something animated independently Mm -hmm. and so they assume like oh okay well this is for us yeah it's like no absolutely not (laughs) definitely not not for you well that's definitely i mean the first i I saw perfect blue for the first time years ago and that was one of the first i mean i'd watched a lot of anime but even though anime can have very adult themes and you know it can be made for adults this was the first like work that i felt i saw that was it really is just it is a psychological thriller it's just using the medium of of animation instead of live action like mm-hmm. it you know it, it's it's taking advantage of the medium in some of the ways like i don't know if you could replicate it in live action but i do think that is that is something unique about it is that it's you know if you're a fan of of psychological thrillers you will like this however you feel about anime yeah well, I think it really, I mean, certainly in, in live action movies, they are able to accomplish that sense of like, what's real, what's fake, what is our, our, our protagonist, what are they dreaming or hallucinating or, you know, and what is real. Um, you can do that with live action, but I don't, I don't know that it, it would ever be quite to the extent that I feel like they achieve with Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Like scenes where I'm, I was watching thinking like, what is happening? Like, it, I, you know, you feel the character's confusion and loss of sense of reality because you also share it because you're able to do that with animation in a way that, you know, real human bodies just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's that suspension of disbelief with everything that's animated where it's like, if you're watching a horror movie that's live action and someone starts, like, levitating or something, I don't know, mm-hmm. that, like, pulls you out of it, it's like, okay, well, this has stopped being as scary because obviously this is not, like, in reality but you already know that when you're watching something animated going in you don't expect it to be like mm-hmm. reality it's it's animation um so it it gives you uh, which i did know when she starts floating at the end mm-hmm. like not floating but like kind of she's kind of floating, floating levitating yeah. um moving when floating strides i was like this were a real live action movie I just would immediately think that was silly, but because I don't need to worry about what's realistic, this is great. This is whimsical. Yeah. Um, I I also feel like it because I don't know. This is my again, and this is because for me, I I don't watch a ton of animated stuff that's just for adults. But the the fact that 
it wasn't live action made me actually more nervous. It added to the suspense for me because I felt like there were fewer rules. I feel like in in the world of animation, like because because real people aren't doing this stuff, it also makes it feel like the rules of reality are not necessarily applicable. Mm. And so I felt like everybody was a little less safe and the stakes were higher because I don't know. But that was my sense, like Mm -hmm. just because of the way I experienced the medium, like, oh, anything could happen. Oh, this could get really bad. Like, yeah, you know. Maybe maybe she is murdering people. I don't know. Like anything could be happening. Right. Yeah. What well, I do think that I mean, especially when things. I guess I should give kind of a the briefest synopsis because it's yeah. It's oh a lot, yeah. But yeah. It's, really uh, it's basically the story of a, a a young pop star who's making the transition, sort of leaving her pop star idol past behind to transition into a serious actress, and she sort of is going through a bit of a breakdown as this is happening because she, she has a stalker. There's this other, uh, there's a website that's sort of presenting itself as her. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of messing with her sense of self as she tries to make this transition in her career and in her own persona. Uh, and there's just the, the gradual breakdown of, of her as she changes. Um, and there's a, a lot more to it than that that happens alongside of it. But I do think that that's like, there is kind of a moment where you, you, the, the cutting that they do, like when they keep going back and forth between the artificial cuts of like the movie filming and then her mm-hmm. life and keeps like redoing it, where you really just mm-hmm. kind of lose hold on any sense of reality that I do think that would be hard to replicate in, a mo- in like a live action sense. Like you just mm-hmm. don't really know what, how long have we, have we not been seeing reality when in fact you've been seeing reality the whole time. Yeah, that yeah, and that I think what's clever is it, to you know expand on the plot a little bit. The the show she's filming that she has now gotten hired to act on is like a murder show, mm-hmm. like a reminded me of like a CSI kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that the vibe? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so there's people being murdered on the show. There are people being murdered around her, and so like the whole thing becomes even more difficult to follow. Like, who? Wait. Hold on. Who just died? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that real? Um, which is a really clever way of doing that, I thought. Yeah. Which, you know, you say that, like, and I agree, you couldn't get that same sense of, like, blurring the lines as much with a live-action movie between what's real and what's fake. Instead, you said that it's, like, a little bit more scary for you because there are no rules of, like, when there mm-hmm. are live-action people. But this is the only... Uh, this is the first movie I have seen that is an animated movie that is a horror movie. I feel like that the animation medium is not used as often for stories like that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just, you know, not uh, well, aware of it's them. It's just not. I um, mean, I think it's cultural. Well, not here. here. Sure, yeah. Sure. Um, but I don't know why people here don't take advantage of that as much. Because I feel like it is a good medium for, for telling scary stories and, and horror movies and thrillers. And um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, that definitely is a cultural thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know why here people don't do that more. Well, I, I think we're, I mean, we're getting there, but it's always, you know, you get like indie movies or like shorts mm-hmm. that are animated that are scary. There's a really great, like some of the segments in like the ABCs of death that are animated that I think are really well done. But I do, I like that it just, it is take, it takes itself seriously in what it's doing. And that's, that was the director's vision. You know, it was kind of like, I could make, uh, like I have a budget for like a B rate live action film or like an A-grade animated film, I would rather make this movie 
animated than live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it really like if you have if you if your story is compelling enough, which it is, then you you know the whatever the medium is, you're going to be able to connect with people. But I really think it adds to this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know. I mean, I guess if you draw a direct comparison, it would be Black Swan. Yeah. Like, it, what would this look like if it was live action? I mean, obviously, slightly different plot and everything, yeah. Yeah. but it would look very similar to that. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think specifically for the the way that this presents itself, I mean, using this kind of female idol character as your main character in an in animation, I think adds another layer to it because of just how. I don't know, like, you know, how much people love their, you know, their animated girlfriends and like that this character is sort of idealized by all these men, these male fans that she has. I mean, I think using a cartoon character for that, somebody who really is like they don't exist in reality. They're they're just there to fulfill mm-hmm. our desires, like having her agency sort of being questioned in the film is really interesting because it adds a kind of another a sort of. I don't know. A bit of a thought of how we process, like, like fictional characters a bit more. Yeah, it does. It does, and a lot of the um, there are moments throughout it where she is in a position, especially when she's like nude or partially nude, that is like you feel kind of like voyeuristic mm-hmm. watching the movie, mm-hmm. and I think I have to assume that's intentional, mm-hmm. like. You've gotten to know this character, but also now we're showing you this image that is a very like stereotypical kind of graphic image, you know, of mm-hmm. this beautiful young girl who's just here for you to look at, and it it's uncomfortable in moments. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is because you know in a lot of like anime, there's what we call fan service. I don't know. <laughs> I feel, mm-hmm. Let me describe to my sisters what fan service is. Uh, but you know, it's like <laughs> just moments that are kind of purposely like sexy or like you get like an upskirt mm-hmm. shot and it's not recognized in the reality of the thing you're watching it's just there for mm. you that's viewing the cartoon to like have a moment of like oh you know that was hot yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think it is interesting that this kind of turns the camera back around on the viewer in that sense because you are made to be uncomfortable in those moments that would usually be like a fan service moment like oh no i mean it, it's true in horror movies too right like the the girl that'll get, her, oh, she'll get her shirt ripped mm-hmm. in a very specific mm-hmm. way, so you can see your breasts. And then yes. it's like, yeah. oh, this whor- this girl's being stalked and murdered, but oh, also her boobs are showing. Like, I feel like this movie is purposeful in how it shoots that. That like, you never, it's very uncomfortable in all of those moments, mm-hmm. and it's meant mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, it, that makes sense. Yeah, because it, it, it's highlight. It's it is exploitative, and it like that what she is going through is exploitative, mm-hmm. and that is evident in the way that you're in, in you know encountering it um i want to talk more about exactly like why you like the movie so much tay why this was something that you wanted to talk about specifically but before we do that let's check the group message uh so here's the thing you all know me pretty well and i know you all pretty well but no matter how well you know somebody there are always stories that they haven't told you Everybody has so many stories. There are always more stories, fascinating things about their lives that you may not know, no matter how well you feel like you already know them. And that's why StoryWorth exists. 
It's an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. StoryWorth is, is really easy to use. I've used it um, every week. StoryWorth will email your loved one. So whoever you would like to learn more about somebody that and again, it can be somebody that uh, is a is a close friend or somebody that you want to learn more about that you don't know a ton about already or somebody that, you know, like you're like a sibling, a parent, a, somebody that, you know, super well, but, you know, there's other stuff about their life that you just you've never heard those stories. They will email that person a thought provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Um, each uh, unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like something like what is one of your fondest childhood memories? So just something that you wouldn't typically ask, like your dad in conversation. Um, and our dad loves it because he loves telling the stories. Exactly. So. Um, and this will give you the opportunity. This will give your dad the opportunity to tell you a story that isn't about something he saw in the obituaries. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our dad does. So How about sto yours? <laughs> Storyworth can fix that for you. Like, like StoryWorth fixed it for us. Um, after a year, StoryWorth will compile all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out StoryWorth, what should they do? Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. Right now, for unlimited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com slash stillbuffering. That's S-T-O-R-Y. W-O-R-T-H dot com slash still buffering to save $10 on your first purchase. Once again, that's storyworth.com slash still buffering. So I got in the habit for a while after I do my, my workouts of getting in the car and then I'd have to sit and finish my little protein shake before I could start driving because I just wanted to like kind of get it out of the way because it didn't taste great. But I was like, I need some protein. It's a quick way to get it, I guess. Not the best, most flavorful thing, but I'll just chug it. I'll get it over with. Another story that dad shared that I learned from him, a trait mm -hmm. we share. Um, and I was like, you know what? I need to find something that gives me the same protein, but tastes good. I need to find something that I actually will enjoy consuming after a workout. And that's why I started eating Magic Spoon. It's not an actual spoon. That's the name. It's cereal, but it's called. That makes more sense. Yeah, but I didn't eat, eat it, it with a spoon. With a spoon. Yes. Or sometimes I just eat it dry with my hands because mm. that's also good. Th those um, are both fine. We won't tell you good. how to eat Magic Spoon. You decide. Thank you. Um, and that's because Magic Spoon has no sugar and it has 13 to 14 grams of protein. So it's something you can, it tastes great and you can feel good about eating it. And like I said, I replaced my protein shakes that I didn't enjoy drinking as much with something I really like snacking on and eating. Um, and it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So fits all of your needs if that's something that you uh, need to be aware of. And all the flavors that I mentioned, you can uh, build your own box of a custom bundle. Choose from flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. Mm. which sounds delicious i have to say personally i do like the fruity um that's my favorite but they all are great um there are lots of combinations like mixing the cocoa with peanut butter tastes like a peanut butter cup lots of great combos you can try in there i bet the blueberry and maple waffle would be good they'd be like blueberry waffles oh that would be good that'd be good um and it tastes exactly like all the cereals you love from your childhood but it's super nutritious so you don't have to feel like you're eating all that sugar um in the morning to start your day. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Magic Spoon, what should they do? 
Uh, go to magicspoon.com slash buffering to grab a custom bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code buffering at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash buffering and use the code buffering to save $5 off. So Tay, uh, aside from the fact that, I mean, it's a really good movie, mm. it's really well done, and it, it also like, as not just a psychological thriller, but as like a murder mystery, um, mm. I didn't know what was happening until the end. Yeah. Like it really, I mean, I, at least for me, I mean, maybe you all figured it out, but <laughs> no, it, it succeeded for me. Like yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't know what the result was going to be, who, who committed the murders and what was actually going on with our main character. Like was any of it, what was real, what was mm-hmm. fake. I, I really was confused. Um, but aside from those like obvious reasons, why, why did you pick this movie? Well, um, I mean, it made a huge impact on me because it was kind of a combination of two things that I love. I've always loved horror movies, and I also love anime. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's sort of, it's, you know, in the way that we just talked about with, like, you know, I don't know, idols, like cartoon idols, like, it's a bit of a self-aware send-up of that, but also in the horror movie genre. I love, like, like, that's why I like Scream so much, because it's kind of, it's self-aware. It it knows the medium that it's it's set in, and it's Mm -hmm. playing with those tropes. I think if you kind of look at it through that scope of like the final girl um, mm-hmm. who, you know, there's certain rules you have to follow to be a final girl. You know, you have to be innocent. You kind of have to be like like the the protected, like loving one. And and really, this is a, sort of a send up of that, because as she starts to establish herself and maybe like lose her innocent good girl image, uh, she I mean, that's the thing that kind of saves her is her ability to fight for herself, to defend herself, to like allow herself to become a, a new version of her. And I, I think it's, in, mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's smart how it takes on that kind of final girl innocence idea and sort of turns it around, mm-hmm. um, gives, gives the final girl agency in her, her own existence. Um, it is nice too that like, because I mean, for a while, I mean, I, was I the only one who was, like, fooled for a while? Like, I did think maybe she was murdering people or, like... Oh, yeah. Had two personalities that... Yeah. Like, she killed her own fish, maybe. Like, yeah. I mean, what... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think they do a good job of, of wanting wanting you to think that. Okay. Like, I, wanting to trick you in that way. Because, I mean, then they subvert it and they want to they wanna get you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. Like, no, I, no, I really no. was... Which, again, may have been informed by the fact that I kept thinking, like, oh, this is like Black Swan, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I kind of, I like that they didn't end up, like, that wasn't the solution. I mean, I guess we're sort of spoiling the movie. That's not yeah. what's going on. No. Um, and I, I liked that, though, because I feel like the idea of a young woman sort of being forced into one mold, realizing it's not right for her, and wanting to go a new direction... And like having to take chances and work hard to, to do that, even when there's pressure not to, I feel like that the idea that that would immediately cause um, her to like murder people, <laughs> you know, like that she wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, like right. that, of course, it would be stressful. Of course, it, you would have to like process it. Of course, that at times that could, you know, cause you to second guess and question. But it's not necessarily something that she couldn't achieve 
it is something she can achieve and she does by the end which is sort of like you said more like a horror movie where like she is tough and strong enough by the end even if she was the good girl the quiet girl the bookish girl whatever Mm -hmm. the whatever our typical horror movie final girl usually starts out to be it's like that uh like good for her like thriller movie trope that are movies <laughs> like um um oh what was the one with the oh that just came out i this is an awful bit of content but it's the one where the woman like inherits all the the knives out yes yeah. like that kind of movie um or or gone girl or anything like that mm-hmm. like the woman is it's not your stereotypical final girl of a thriller movie and um she still gets that moment at the end of like that oh good for her she got mm-hmm. she got what her moment or she got her revenge or she got whatever mm-hmm. um it, it definitely falls into that sort of category i think yes well, the oh go ahead oh no i was gonna go slightly different topic so say what you're saying well i was just gonna say the the problem was not her yeah, yeah. the problem was outside her which yeah. I, I like that yeah yeah because like that uh, you know it's sort of more to the the spoiler point you this there's a web a ch- another smart thing about this movie is it predicted toxic internet fandom long before it became a problem yeah that's true that's, that's true because uh, you know the computer is sort of introduced as this n- new thing that the internet is this new thing that people are interacting with in this movie i mean this is 99 this is you know pretty early on in like the internet days so uh there's a website that's sort of a fan page for her as a pop idol that has a diary that is presented as if she's writing it. And it starts to cause this break. One of those sort of suspicions that you think she's the one behind it is she reads it and sometimes seems to be longing like, like, I wish this was me or what would the other me be doing right now? The me mm-hmm. that would have stayed as a pop idol. And it sort of presents this other her. You, you find out somebody else is writing this that's close to her that's sort of obsessed with her. There are couple there's also like a stalker that's being manipulated to fulfill the you know uh, like you know, other people are doing this not mm-hmm, her but mm-hmm. but i think that that's a whole other element that the the her on online and like the her in other people's minds is this thing that she can't control and that's threatening her existence as herself which i think is really only a thing that we've started to talk about recently <laughs> as far as mm-hmm. Your out your online persona versus you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I guess watching it to me, it's like that was very identifiable as like a, a realistic thing. But when you said that 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 was before that that kind of internet usage was a thing, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that because I'm watching it, you know, for the first time through today's eyes. Um, that's really interesting that 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 existed in that form that feels so accurate yeah. to today before that was as common. Yeah, that that's really true because that um, I, I hadn't even thought about that. I it didn't occur to me when I was first watching, and she was really struggling, and they were the way they were talking about the internet. I was yeah. like, "What is happening? Oh, this is ninety nine. Okay, yeah. yeah." I had a moment of like, "What is this a world where there's no internet, or what is the?" <laughs> yes, it's pre two thousand nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but but I mean the the idea that the perception that other people have of you through social media can destroy you. And in this movie, in a very real sense, that's a very, that was a very pre- like smart prediction mm-hmm. on where we'd go in society, yeah. mm-hmm. or or that like the you that is most desirable or valuable or should exist is not up to you. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the idea, like I know you want to do this new thing for you, and this is a choice you've made, but 
everyone else has decided otherwise. And so we're going to kill the new you in order for the the old you to continue to survive because we liked it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which oh. I will say that that final scene too. That well, the fi- not the final scene, but like the sequence when uh, she's being chased and you know, uh, Rumi is the character's name. I get we're just spoiling the movie, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's. I think with with movies that have been out for a certain amount of years, I think that's okay, right? Yeah, <laughs> you had twenty three years to see this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, when she is is chasing her, and as she keeps looking back at her, she's she's fluctuating between her real self or this vision, mm-hmm. like she's chasing herself, mm-hmm. but her pop idol self is chasing her new self. Um, when she is floating towards her and like sort of leaping from building to building gracefully and then she's carrying an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that whole sequence I was thinking about like, oh my God, this is supremely upsetting. Like it is. It's it's creepy. It's disturbing. It's scary. It's intense. Um, and it really is in a way that like, because she is being pursued in a way that it's unrealistic. Like there's no way this person could have followed her through this but it, I don't know I, I just thought it was so well done mm-hmm. and upsetting and I really didn't know where we were going she also she also seemed like the size of her like she seemed really tall mm-hmm. and like larger than the other like the perspective kept skewing yeah. I don't know I just found it very effective well and that sequence had that scene I mentioned that was like I thought the blooding was particularly like gruesome because <laughs> it just kind of like you hear like a, a stab I guess and then there's nothing and then it's just kind of all at once like <laughs> like blood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just all at once yeah. um, but it also that's not really how blooding works but <laughs> well, Sydney, that's, that's some good anime blooding though. people don't float either Flo- float either that's true um, but that Tay I hadn't even thought about it until you described it earlier but it had one of those uh, like fan service moments you were talking about right there as she's kind of like stumbling away and mm-hmm. she bends over mm-hmm. and like her skirt, you know what I mean? Like you see like her mm-hmm. bottom, her her butt, <laughs> if you will. Yes. You see under her skirt. But I mean, it's not like in a in a particularly sexy way uh, because no. she is like literally stumbling away as she is bleeding into the street. Like it's very like gruesome. Um, but I thought that was interesting that you get that moment that's like, oh, wait, why are we going here now but now that you mm-hmm. describe that sort of like idea that makes a lot more sense that that was uh that moment was there wow. yeah yeah i think i think those and then the a couple of the different scenes where she is up on the stage like she does like the filmed like stripper scene mm-hmm. but then like there are a couple references to that where like her shirt is torn open mm-hmm. and she's like sort of falling kind of gracefully with her head thrown back and mm-hmm. i mean and it's very like and it's in a scene of sexual assault and violence and you know it's it's upsetting but like it's clearly the way that it's depicted it's like oh oh okay i yeah yeah it's very uncomfortable yeah well and it, i mean it's it's interesting in the sense that you know her going from pop idol to an actress an actress seems to be the thing that she desires to do but she's still kind of moving from commodity to commodity in the way that people treat her mm-hmm. which is a bit like as i think that the movie kind of ends on a I don't want a positive note. That's a bit of a stretch, but you feel like, oh, good, she's she's allowed to be herself, but there is still this sort of like frame around it of she's still she's just changed into some the the something else that is meant to be viewed and consumed, mm-hmm. which 
doesn't feel great because of how that was presented to us, you know? Yeah. It was a bit ominous also, that yeah. ending mm-hmm. right there. Um, I, I thought that was ominous. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I do think, like, it's it's really on the nose. But, I mean, it's true. The fact that she's like, I really want to be an actress. And she gets this teeny, teeny part, like, with a line. And then, like, her next chance, like, okay, fine. You want a bigger part? Here's what the scene is. And it's, you know, a really violent sexual scene. Like, mm-hmm. if you want, this is this is what you have to go through. Right. If you want to be an actress. Which is, I mean, I, I'm not an actress, but I imagine there are a lot of people who pursue that career who would say that feels very, fam- not not literally necessarily, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, that is what it takes if you want to be a woman and pursue yeah. that. Well, and that putting you yourself in those scenes and in those characters messes with your continued sense of, like, reality afterwards, I have to imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. living in that moment multiple times to shoot a scene or shoot a film or a show or whatever, and then trying to separate that that you just i mean lived through it's acting but i mean you did like you are having to Mm -hmm. look like you were experiencing this kind of thing and then go back to reality i have to imagine that sort of feeling that you see in her is is relatable for a lot of actors as well Mm -hmm. um but you know overall i have to say tay i was really impressed because um it i am like I said, I don't watch a ton of anime on my own, usually because you have suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was really impressed how I often forgot, like, it, it just felt like a really well done horror psychological thriller. And I, the medium was not so much like the big thing. For, I don't know. I always found like that was a bit of a barrier for me, to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know I always take a lot of flack for saying this on the internet, but it just is. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of animated stuff with my kids. I tend to have this sort of break in my brain, like, okay, now the kids are asleep, it's time for adult time, I want to watch some live action, you mm-hmm. know, humans doing stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and I know that's my own thing, I, I'm not, this is not judgment, but like, I really, this transcended that for me. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. And I mean, you know, I've, I've made this argument before on this show about how sometimes the best form for something isn't always a live action film you know sometimes the yeah. comic is at its best in its original form as a comic and it's really about using like different mediums offer up different advantages and so taking advantages of that that what that medium has to offer is how you make something good and i think that this isn't just it happens to be animated it's purposely animated mm-hmm. and the animation is is making it better than it could be in ways that you know film couldn't reproduce i mean even like the way that people are drawn, like you were mentioned, like the one character getting sort of taller when she's chasing her, but even like mm-hmm. the distortion of faces that subtly mm-hmm. happens yeah. that kind of is creepy, you know, like the way yeah, like eyes unsettling. sometimes seem too far apart on the face, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that you just, you couldn't, that's that subtle weirdness that just couldn't be there. I have, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's meant to be an animated film every now and then I, I see like a an article pop up that's like a perfect blue live action remake is under under you know no but i was like no please don't don't do it yeah <laughs> just well it's not needed it, yeah it's perfect the way it is like why yeah. would you you know well again it's like you said earlier it's not exactly the same but if you wanted to see this kind of general story told in live action then watch black swan <laughs> mm-hmm. which is you know which is also an excellent movie this yeah. wasn't yeah. me saying you know but um the, the only other thing I, I did mean to, before we were done, uh, I really appreciated that 
when you figure out who the murderer actually is, and the, especially the reasons she's doing it, she was a former pop idol. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, like it. I mean, what I the sense I get is like society got done with her. Mm-hmm. She got old. She yeah. was less attractive. We're done with you now. You don't get to. We're not going to celebrate you and love you anymore because you don't look like we want you to look. So we're done with you. Taylor Swift wrote a song about that. Well, there you go. This <laughs> is what she was talking blue. about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, like, the the fact that at the end, she is not, um, I feel like in a lot of American films, she would either be in jail, I mean, she murdered people, mm-hmm. yeah. so she would either be in jail, or she would have been killed in that final scene. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, if she was put into some sort of psychiatric facility, don't you feel like the, in American movies, the, the trope at the end would be her, like tied to a bed like you know the, yeah like nancy in the craft exactly that was exactly the vision i had mm. like yeah. something very violent and upsetting and still really negative as opposed to this person has severe mental illness yes she did these terrible things but she needs to be in this psychiatric facility because she has this severe mental illness and she's being treated like a like she is ill mm-hmm. um i really liked that moment at the end because yeah. it was like oh well that's that's a very yeah. humane depiction of <laughs> what should be happening in society. I don't know. I just really appreciated that little note, which probably is very normal for, I don't know, maybe the Japanese audience, but mm-hmm. in the U.S. it, it isn't. Yeah. Well, and even that the, the main character visits her and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like checks in on her. I don't know. Because there is that, that level of like, she made the successful transition from pop idol to something else so she can continue on and exist mm-hmm. and have a career. Uh, Rumi did not and so that's why she was kind of stuck and that's once again I don't think it's a happy ending I think there's other stuff there that's still kind of depressing about the system that these women are stuck in but Mm -hmm. I do like that that there's this sort of weird solidarity at the end between them Mm -hmm. and she brings her flowers so that she can continue to imagine herself as a pop idol Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no I agree it's not happy but it is more humane it's more peaceful yeah 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 well, thank you, Tay. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I, I did really enjoy watching this, and mm-hmm. it is something, again, I say this a lot with uh, things both of you bring, um, something I never would have watched probably mm-hmm. otherwise, cause, just because I didn't know it existed. Yeah, same um, here. So, thank you. you really happy. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, for any, once again, anybody that checks it out because of this, massive content warnings, there is mm-hmm. v- violence, blooding, <laughs> sexual content. It's a deeply uncomfortable movie sometimes. Yeah, like sexual assault scenes. Um, yeah. And yeah, so definitely be aware of that. It's uh, subbed and dubbed, so uh-huh. whatever you prefer. Um, all right. Well, what's what's next? So, <laughs> very different direction. Um, I was listening to my early two thousands bangers playlist on the way here, <laughs> and um, last Friday night by Katy Perry came on. I realized we had not talked about Katy Perry, even though she was like instrumental in my tweendom. Um, All right. So I thought we could talk about Katy Perry and specifically her album, um, Teenage Dream. All right. So we will talk about Katy Perry next week. Yes, we will. All right. <laughs> I, I like it. We like to keep our listeners guessing. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Gotta spice it up. Go. Right when you think we're going to zig, we zag. Yeah. I listen to music other than Taylor Swift. <laughs> they even feuded for a bit. That's true. And they so, dressed as food and reunited. <laughs> there you go. Love that for them. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, listeners. Um, you should watch Perfect Blue, uh, c- of course, considering the content warnings that uh, that Taylor mentioned. 
Um, it was it was very excellent, very thrilling. Don't show it to your children. No, yes. not for kids. Not yeah. for kids. This is for grownups. Yes. Um, you should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great podcasts there that you would enjoy. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org and you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. Nacho fries now. Yes, I am. Oh my god, nacho fries. I love nacho fries. Nacho <laughs> fries. They're my. They're my fries. Oh, oh no. Is that good? No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes... There will be swears. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.